Welcome to another episode of Hitchhiker's Guide to IT Podcast, brought to you by Device42. On this show, we explore the ins and outs of modern IT management and the infinite expanse of its universe. Whether you're an expert in the data center or cloud, or just someone interested in the latest trends in IT technology, the Hitchhiker's Guide to IT is your go-to source for all things IT. So buckle up and get ready to explore the ever-changing landscape of modern IT management. Hello and welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to IT podcast series brought to you by Device42. I'm excited to continue a conversation that we started in our last podcast episode about cloud security. And I am thrilled to bring on today's guest once again, Thomas T.J. Johnson, who is the national leader of cybersecurity for BDO Digital. Thank you so much for being with me again, TJ. You bet. I'm glad to be here and looking forward to the uh, continuation of our conversation. Yeah. So last time we talked, you mentioned that businesses have a responsibility when it comes to managing incidents. And by engaging a cloud services provider, this can create some complications. So this almost sounds like a continuation of our topic on vendor management. So talk to me about that. Well, um, yeah, I guess it is a continuation of our topic on vendor management. Um, the the incident uh, component of vendor management is one of those things that you know sometimes gets lost or convoluted um, when when we start engaging with a vendor, and it can create complications. You know, there's uh, when when you outsource something, there is maybe this misnomer or misperception that. We're just basically going to forklift this effort over to the customer or over to the vendor. And um, that, that couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, there are still responsibilities that all organizations have when they're outsourcing something. And incident management is certainly one of those things. I, I see it overlooked um, often. I think there is uh, misperceptions on what the vendor's responsibilities are, what the assumptions are that they're going to do. If they're going to contact you, you're going to contact them and, you know, various like misalignments. Um, I, I think we talked about this last time also, but uh, it just kind of like harkens back to the, the principle of trying to figure out, you know, what the roles and responsibilities are between you and your vendor, um, looking at the contract, seeing what the SLAs are, what it includes, what it doesn't include. And even, you know, there might be some language in your vendors sack to report you know under disaster recovery that might give you a clue as to what you should do or what you can do from an incident uh, management standpoint um one of the things i wanted to bring up is when we're talking about incident management it doesn't only refer to security incidents I mean, there are a lot of things that you know en encompass business continuity resiliency planning and availability. If you think about the, the CIA triad, which is, you know, the, the holy grail of cybersecurity, which, you know, we've got the, the confidentiality, the integrity and the availability. A lot of folks forget about the availability part. Um, and I think that's one of the pieces that we need to make sure that uh, we have in place. I find it interesting that with incident management, it also includes business continuity. So can you elaborate on that? Well, um, as I just mentioned, you know, we've got this, uh, the confidentiality and integrity and availability component of uh, information security, the, the, the three tenants of InfoSec. And we're always really concerned about the confidentiality part. 
And, you know, what, what are we going to do if a, a vendor has some kind of an incident um, around confidentiality? But we also need to make sure that we consider the availability part. You know, we can have an incident that relates to outages, uh, vendor performance issues. They're not able to, to, to do certain things. And, um, you know, quite frankly, many companies just don't think about that or haven't prepared properly for a vendor outage. Um, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask is, do you know what you have to do if your vendor goes into disaster recovery mode? Um, do you have to do anything? You know, I, I think there's a, uh, a misunderstanding that, you know, if a vendor has an outage or something's unavailable, that's my vendor's problem. Well, in reality, it is your problem too. Uh, I, I know you're outsourcing something to a vendor, but if they have an outage, you need to, to make sure that you're prepared for that. You know, even, you know, I, I like to look at an example of Exchange Online for, you know, like Office 365, M365. You know, folks are starting to look at like out of band backup plans to cover for disastrous outages. Um, I, I know, you know, the, the behemoth of Microsoft, the, the fact that they would have an outage is probably slim to none, but, you know, we have to make sure that we prepare for that. Um, and, and that's, that's one of the things that, I bring up, I, I teach a class at uh, a college here in Chicago and, you know, as part of the uh, business resiliency planning, um, you know, we want to make sure that availability is always considered there. And um, back in the day, it was, that was really more of what we concerned ourselves with from an availability standpoint when, when we have an incident, you know, incidents like cyber incidents are today um, weren't as prevalent or maybe even disastrous. They were more like nuisance based. So now the tides have turned and we're starting to talk more about the, the cyber stuff, but you know, we need to make sure we, we consider uh, the availability part of it too. <laughs> to your point with regard to vendors and you talk about how, if they're having issues, it isn't your issue, but it kind of is. <laughs> so how do businesses know what their vendor will be doing and then what responsibilities the business still has? Well, that's a good question. And um, we talked about this a little bit last time, but uh, and it's just a recurring theme, understanding what your cloud providers, SLA and responsibilities are. You know, this could be captured in a couple of different places. Like, like I mentioned, the, maybe an SLA document. Um, maybe if it's a, a vendor that might not have as much of a mature um, offering you can probably maybe find something like that in a contract or maybe, you know, other documentation. You need to know what your responsibilities are. I, I think one of the things that we need to, to make sure is that we have good processes and procedures from an incident response plan. And then, you know, I talked a little bit about, you know, business continuity and disaster recovery. I, I feel that incident response, disaster recovery, and business continuity are, are like the trifecta of resiliency planning for businesses and they, they should all really work together. So you need to make sure that you have a good and usable disaster and business continuity plan with incident management wrapped around all of that. Um, and you know, we often think about disaster recovery as, as something like if, if something goes down, we're going to be able to recover. But in this day and age of, you know, ransomware attacks and the, the threat actors doing things that can bring us down. Disaster recovery and business continuity certainly plays a part in the incident management ecosystem when when we have attacks. So, um, one of the 
you know, actually a couple of questions that I would ask is, you know, do you have a good and usable disaster recovery and business continuity plan? Like, and I say, I emphasize usable, right? Um, I've, I've often seen that organizations try to put together a disaster recovery plan that, you know, is just kind of basic and generic. And I, I you know, don't get caught into that, that, uh, that sand trap of building a disaster recovery plan that's based on like old equipment. I, um, I was doing some work for a, a bank once upon a time that had uh, a disaster recovery site, for example, and they had used some of their old equipment that they upgraded and they put it in their disaster recovery site. And I said, well, you know, let's do like a, a, a full failover. And they said, well, we can't really do that because, you know, we, it just doesn't have the power to be able to run, you know, our whole new system. Now it's like, well, what, what are we doing with all of this equipment at this disaster recovery site if it can't, you know, perform as our disaster recovery site? So think about that when you're looking to uh, retire old equipment and shove it over into the disaster recovery site. Um, you know, if you can't run in a DR mode at that site, that's that's going to be a huge challenge. Well, and it really comes down to being proactive, not only having everything in place, but having things in place that are usable. <laughs> because as you said, it's really a moot point if you have all the bells and whistles, but they can't actually be utilized. A lot of great information covered today. Any final thoughts as we wrap up here? Certainly. I, I think it's going to be important for you to make sure that you have incident response plans that cover your vendors. You know, do you have provisions in place that include your critical vendors? Last time we talked about making sure that you have um, a critical vendor list, for example. Uh, do you know who your critical vendors are, what they have, what kind of data they have, and why you rely on them? Because, you know, they might have critical data of yours, but some vendors might not necessarily have critical data of yours, but you rely on them from the availability standpoint. I'm thinking ISPs, for example. Um, another thing is I always like to see if organizations are able to participate in their vendors' DR testing. You know, do you know what you have to do if they have an outage or a disaster, there might be some things that you have to do as a consumer of services in order to participate, um, you know, especially in, in the testing mode. I would, I love participating in vendors, the air plan or the air testing, if you can. Um, and you know, this also goes from, uh, an incident response from a cybersecurity standpoint, you know, if you do some tabletop testing, which I love doing and that, that tabletop testing usually really surfaces a lot of good information and you know it, it gets people engaged and you can really see right away if you ask two quick questions of everybody in the room if you had a situation which was predefined happen to you the two questions are what are you going to do and who are you going to call and it's kind of interesting to see how that chain progresses and all of the people that actually get left out that should be looped into that process. So just simple tabletop testing and walkthrough is super invaluable. Um, you know, like I mentioned, you know, don't play the shell game with disaster recovery. Old equipment in the disaster recovery location is, uh, is no good. Um, and then, you know, like I mentioned, I mean, hold regular tabletop exercises. I can't emphasize that enough. And then, you know, ultimately engage with your vendor and understand what, what you need to do if they have to go into recovery mode. 
great information. I can only think that a lot of people listening may have some more questions or they might want more information. Can you direct them anywhere if they do? Sure. You know, I think um, if you need more information on what your vendor is doing, um, you know, make sure that you contact them. You know, understand what your responsibilities are. I mentioned, you know, looking for information in your SOC 2, looking for information in your contract. If you have a formal SLA with the cloud vendor, uh, make sure you understand what that looks like. And there are usually things that you as a consumer of services, as an organization, have to do in order to properly participate with them as a vendor as a whole. Um, some of these things are certainly um, called out in like the SOC 2 report under um, complementary uh, user uh, controls. So you should definitely look at that um, when you get that report for your vendor. Perfect. Thomas T.J. Johnson, National Leader of Cybersecurity for BDO Digital. Really appreciate your time and a two-parter here because too much information for just one podcast. So really want to thank you for being with me again today. And I know a lot of people are learning and, and taking notes out there and you gave them some great information. So appreciate your time today. You bet. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, so am I. So I want to thank all of you also for tuning in to the Hitchhiker's Guide to IT podcast series brought to you by Device42. And of course, if you'd like more information on Device42, you can visit their website, device42.com. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. We hope to see you on the next podcast. <laughs>